Forest Rangers, what are your unexplainable and downright creepy stories? Traditionally, not a ranger but, my story is the exact reverse of the others here. When I was in the scouts, or rather the local equivalent, legally adult scouts had to do the three feather challenge. One day without food, one day without speaking, and one day and night alone in the woods with only a knife and a tarp, unseen by any human. After which one has to sneak back to the scout camp unnoticed by the sentries and report to the camp master. It was my third day, so I took off, walked for miles through the woods and found the most remote spot in the wildest, most overgrown part of the woods. Spent a spooky but uneventful night until almost before dawn when I decided to go for a morning swim in the lake right before taking off to go back. I stripped nude, and went towards the lake but noticed a group of guys fishing so decided to go back. Suddenly, the ground underneath my feet caved in, and I found myself submerged up to my armpits in the absolute vilest mass I have ever smelled. It was a pit where poacher dumped the guts and leftovers of illegally hunted deer, and it fermented for weeks. Imagine the scene. A group of anglers hear some ungodly screaming from the direction of the woods, and run there to see if someone needs help. What they see is a teenager-shaped ghoul covered completely in blood and rotten offal, who is crawling out of a bloody hole in the ground, while shrieking and weeping then runs at them to get to the lake and wash off. Haha, <laughs> oh sweet freaking crap that's good. One of my best buds from college was a geologist major that ended up becoming a ranger in the southeast US. Haven't spoken in years as is the case with age, but I remember about 8-9 years back he was telling me about an old married couple that he had recently helped out. He had seen them come to the park several days in a row, and found out they were visiting from out west, and they had gotten engaged there decades prior. They had been searching for a spot they'd taken pics of where he popped the question but were having trouble. After looking at the pics and figuring out roughly where they were trying to get to he escorted them in his vehicle, then hiked with them to where he thought it would be. They found it, and he left them there and went back to his station at the entrance. He said he got a weird feeling once he got back, and felt like he needed to wait to see them whenever they left. Well, once it came time to lock up at night he still hadn't seen them leave, so he reported it, left his assistant to wait at the shack at the entrance, and went back to where he left them. He found both of them lying down spooning along the bank of the river, neither were alive. He called the cops, went through the nine yards, and went home. The police were able to disclose to him their identities, but weren't sure anything else initially. Later he learned that the wife was terminally ill with cancer, and they had both committed suicide by ingesting some sort of chemical pill combination medley. They just chose to do it where they had gotten engaged at. My bud wasn't torn up about it. He was obviously sad for about them dying, but said that he thought they hadn't asked for help earlier because they didn't want anyone to think they helped kill them. Got. Just imagine being there with the love of your life getting so frustrated trying to find their final place together. My god. I once asked a park ranger for his strangest story and he told me this. He worked at this park in the summer and had for several years. He was driving back, alone, into the park to begin his summer's work when he heard a male voice say very clearly and loudly, Welcome back. To be clear, I am not forestry, I just have a related story. My cousin is with the forest service in the Montana Wyoming area and I decided to go up there with her to literally test the waters. She does hydrology and has to ride up to the middle of nowhere to test streams and snow runoff to ensure no contaminants. 
so I thought that sounded fun and wanted to do a bit of a tour with her. We were going to have to camp out there for two nights, so we packed up all our gear in saddlebags or saddle bundles and started out. The first day and night was amazing. Beautiful scenery and amazing air quality. It really is so peaceful out there. I love that area and wish I got to go up there more often. Anyway, we started out on the second day and my cousin said, You want to see something weird? Of course I said yes. So she led me on a bit of a side journey into this tiny little ravine. We ended up traveling about 2 hours away from our actual path we had laid out. At the very end of this fold in the land, she dismounts and tells me to get off my horse. 2. We tie them up in this gorgeous little clearing and she tells me to follow this tiny wildlife path and bring our little rechargeable radio. It is one of those you can plug in a wind up. And it also acts as a lantern if you really need it to, but that kills the batteries quickly. I do and, out in the middle of freaking nowhere, there is a huge coil of wire sticking out of the ground. The wire itself was not weirdly large, like some buried transmission wire, but small, like 10 or 12 gauge wiring for a house. It trailed off into the brush and trees, so naturally I decided to follow the dang thing out of curiosity. My cousin trails behind me as I do, and this wire after coming straight up from the ground, is strung across limbs of trees then back to the ground, then it snakes around rocks and finally deadens into an outlet, that outlet is mounted on the side of a desk, it looks like a school teacher's desk from when I was growing up, with a metal base and a pseudo wood plastic top thing, no chair, no building, no nothing, just this outlet and this desk. I am staring confused as all heck at this desk in the middle of a forest when my cousin takes the radio, pulls out the cord, and plugs it into the outlet. That sucker then lit up and started blaring static. The wire was being fed from somewhere. Now, the place where we were had no road access, no buildings for many miles, and no other people around. And yet, there was a live outlet. Weird as crap. No spooky jump scares or bodies, just one. Lone power desk in the middle of the woods. I wish I had taken a picture of it. Easy secret underground military base. They put Johnson's desk up there cause he was annoying. I've got a deep woods story that's been shared in my family for quite a few years. My great uncle was a deep woods kinda guy. In a practice I find a little weird, he would rarely use a tent. Just set up a sleeping bag right on the ground. Since we're from Maine, there aren't too many large predators that really mess with people. There are black bears, but they usually hide from people, so I guess he just didn't feel worried. So, he's out sleeping in the woods, when he feels tiny hands patting his face. Wakes up, opens his eyes to see a raccoon standing over him, just feeling his face. So what does my great uncle do? He just goes back to sleep. They do like to put their little mitts on everything. Not a ranger, but was hiking in Andorra with a friend. Long story short, we got lost off the trail and ended up in Spain. Found another trail and we're following it, without a map. A while ahead of us we see a man with two golden retrievers walking in the same direction we are. He looks young and is carrying climbing gear over his shoulder. We're rushing down the trail to catch up with him and finally do. We ask him for help with directions. And he tells us exactly where we are and where we need to be. About 12 kilometers away there's a town with a hotel. He says there's another, smaller, town about 6 kilometers away and that he parked his car there. He says he can give us a lift for the last 6 kilometers if we like. But says that he's in a hurry. We are over the moon and so we hike together for a while. 
The dogs are nice and friendly, running circles around us. We are chatting away to the guy and he is really nice, but my friend and I are getting tired and so we cannot keep pace with him for long. The trail bends away to the right and the man, now a bit ahead of us, disappears behind the bend. We get there a couple of minutes later, and the trail is empty, no man, and no dogs, even though the trail is a straight run for quite a while and we should have been able to see them. The two of us continue on, alarmed, waiting to hear see something, or perhaps be murdered by a stranger, nothing. We get to the town eventually, and from there made it to the safety of the hotel in the next town over. We were completely freaked out by his sudden disappearance and to this day we are both convinced he was a ghost. Well he did say he was in a hurry, maybe his friends call him Flash. I'm a ranger, non-peace officer, and work at a pretty remote desert park. This happened before I got there. But the other rangers I work with were there. They went to do a patrol during summer, our off season, at one of our seldom used campgrounds. On a patrol, our maintenance ranger found a burnt out car in one of the sites. The desert is a weird place so he just calls the sheriff and waits. Sheriff arrives and it turns out there's a body in the driver's seat. With no arms and no legs. Just a torso and head. Burnt. Sheriffs just marked it as a suicide and removed the vehicle. We are close to Mexico and get a lot illegal drug traffic. So I guess they don't even bother trying to solve those. Super sketchy. Yeah, sure. Suicide. X-Ranger here. We had a group of frat boys making way too much noise. We came by twice. And at the second stop, I told them, this is your last warning. Not only is it rude for other campers to be so loud, it's exceptionally dangerous. Everyone knows that the local mountain lions are attracted to loud noises at night, and these ghost cats, as they are called, can creep right up on you without you hearing or seeing them. Whatever you do, don't leave your tent tonight, if you hear anything don't make a sound. We went back to the station, grabbed the lion pelt from the interp center and the night vision goggles. Head ranger had to blow what was left of the budget at the end of the previous year. Once they were all in their tents, we crept into the campsite and made fake lion tracks everywhere. We set up the lion pelt propped up over some sticks. The other ranger got out the PA and from a distance started doing fake lion calls, slowing getting closer. I pulled the jeep forward like we were arriving on scene, and got out, turned on my mag light and illuminated the silhouette of the lion pelt. Because I was moving quickly, the shadow of the lion appeared to me moving. At this point the frat boys were losing it. Jim, the other ranger, shouted stay in your tents, followed shortly by she's coming around at us. And then there's another one and finally, let's get the frick out of here. At that point, we turned off the flashlights, grabbed the lion pelt in the darkness and jumped in the jeep and sped off. Just after sunrise they started peeking out of the tents. Nobody was brave enough to get out until about 8.30. When they saw all the huge paw and claw prints everywhere they really freaked out. Your tax dollar at work. Diabolical. I love it. Not a ranger. But my inexplicable story is probably explicable. But I've never found out the answer and I've asked. I was camping in a campground on the west coast. I have back problems. So when I camp I sleep in the car. I had the backseat converted to a bench seat and put my sleeping bag there. I cover the car windows for privacy. Early one morning I hear this rumbling sound. It's loud enough to wake me up. 
I'm a child of the suburbs and what it really sounds like is when you push a shopping cart across a really rough parking lot, one with a lot of gravel sticking out of the concrete, then the car gets bumped, hard, the whole car moved, I immediately start unzipping the sleeping bag with the inside zipper, but that's not the quickest process, by the time I get free enough to sit up and look there's nothing there, but some big animal had walked by and I love to know what makes a rumbling noise like that, bears. Not a ranger, but I lived on the outskirts of a national park in a cabin. It was a 4 mile drive from the main road just to get to the property, and we had no plumbing or power. This property was right next to where the park started. To call it the middle of nowhere is an understatement. My roommate at the time was interning with the park service, but he is a city kid. Every evening at the dead of night I had been hearing noises in the woods. What I thought was someone walking, but then they'd just stop in particularly overgrown areas of the jungle, so your mind starts to doubt itself. Is it a pig? A cat? Is it just the wind? The cabin didn't have a locking door, and the owners didn't want me to install one, so I began sleeping in my car. Now, this is a huge property, and I'd park my car over an acre away from the cabin and where I was hearing something. I started hearing those footsteps again. I moved out. My roommate, who thought I was bonkers, stayed and still slept there without a locking door. He got robbed, not once, but twice after I moved out, so he finally put up motion triggered cameras. There was a man with a long rifle who'd hike up to the property, set up in the bushes, and watch us. Oh heck no, your roommate is lucky that he was only robbed. Whoa. Not a ranger. But back in 2010 I had just finished a wilderness leadership class and decided to go to Colorado to get some solo wilderness time. I found out about some hot springs near the Colorado River that were only accessible during the winter. During the summer the snow melt raises the water level of the river and they become submerged, and decided to go spend a few weeks out there. It was on BLM land and I had about a 4 mile hike from where I parked to where I was camping. The BLM lady who watched the land saw me when I arrived and asked me to just write the date on my windshield every week to let her know I'm still alive out there. Anyways, it was pretty pleasant out there, but every night I was terrified of the bears. They should be sleeping, but if they aren't it means they are hungry as frick and I'm for dinner. For this reason I decided to set up camp close to a cliff. It was about 40 feet down to the river and I figured, worst case scenario I could jump and then get to the hot springs to prevent hypothermia. It's a crazy plan, but once you're out there you realize bear spray is kinda useless inside the tent. So one early morning I hear these loud animal noises outside my tent. They are getting closer and very loud, accompanied by grunting and breathing noises. I was too scared to open my tent. I just froze, and the steps kept getting closer and closer and closer. At this point I could hear it sniffing my tent. I don't dare move. I just lay there. It starts to move away from my tent but it's still out there. And now I hear more than one animal. I finally poke my head out, and it's a herd of elk. I swear though, it was probably the most scared I've ever been out camping. At least help can kill you. Forgot my flashlight and dozed off in the woods. Woke up after dark and started walking out but I kept hearing noises behind me. I'd stop and it would stop. Thought it was coyotes or maybe a bobcat. 20 pounds of hate. Stalking me. Finally get back to the truck. Get my light and start searching around. Holding pack of armadillos followed me out. 
not a ranger but I was out camping with my dog one night in her along the Mogollon Rim of Arizona. It was dark and we were sitting around the campfire when we hear something behind a bush close to our camp. Instead of my dog barking at it, he begins to whimper. I didn't think nothing of it and just tended to the fire. After a couple of minutes we were some more noises from a different bush. This time my dog gets up and goes over to the tent and scratches the door because he wants to go in. I toss a couple of rocks in the direction I heard the noise and nothing happened. I'm spooked now so I toss a couple of pieces of wood on the fire and climb into my tent with my dog hoping that the light from the fire would keep whatever was out there away. We eventually fall asleep and luckily had no other disturbances during the night. The next morning, I go out behind the bushes where we had heard the noises and found mountain lion tracks that were circling around our camp. I'm sure glad I didn't go looking at night when I heard the noises. I was the lone recreation ranger in a small district in southern Idaho. Nearest town from guard station was about an 1.5 hours away by car. After moving into the guard station, solar power was not working, and I hadn't slept for about a month due to various factors. Bats in the cabin, something walking on the deck at night, the woods there always had an eerie feeling to them. Unlike the southwest Ponderosa forest that I was used to, about 2 months into the seasonal job, I started to hear something walking and scratching on the deck at night, perhaps even on the door. Now this district was known for its badgers and beavers, so I didn't think much of it. When leaving the cabin at night, I always had an eerie feeling like I was being watched. One night, I was returning from my grocery run, always went on Tuesday nights, and I had a bad feeling. At the time, I did not have my shotgun in the vehicle. After stepping out of the vehicle, I looked to the right of the cabin, about 50 feet from my front door. All I could see were two eyes about 3.54 featuring in the air. To say I freaked out was an understatement. I started yelling get the frick out of here but the eyes only crouched down and inched closer. At this point I could tell it was a large animal of some kind. Definitely not a coyote. I tossed a piece of firewood in the general area and the creature leaped back a bit but did not make a sound. Tossed 4 or 5 more pieces and creature still inched forward. At this point I fumbled with the keys. Of course the freaking solar power was out again. I managed to get inside and grabbed my shotgun. Technically, you are not supposed to have guns in gov housing. But who the frick lives in the hills have eyes backcountry and does not carry. Went outside. Creature was bit closer. Still could not get a good look with my crappy headlamp. Loaded shotgun and continued to throw pieces of wood with one hand. Finally the creature walked back into the brush. That night, I drank about 4 IPAs and slept with my shotgun. In the morning, trail crew came up and we found mountain lion tracks all over the porch, rocking bench, and compound leading back to the creek. After that event, I always heard the rocking chair move and someone or something walking on the porch, but never found any tracks after that point. Considering that it was always muddy up there it was weird to not find any tracks. I've been stalked by mountain lions before and never had that eerie feeling like I did in those woods. I'm Idaho, and a former boy scout, I can confirm Idaho is full of creepy woods and mountain lions. I was in the Gila wilderness and a convoy of us campers fishers were making the drive on the dirt road from Mogollon to Snow Lake when we spotted a forest ranger guy pulled over looking in a ditch. Turns out some idiot tried to make a U-turn and didn't realize the loose rock makes it hard to stop. They went over the edge and I centered. 
We're miles from the nearest official campground and it's early spring and the nighttime gets pretty dang cold. We get a jeep with a winch in position and start to pull the guy out of the ditch. Off a hill comes a white dude in a purple velvet sweatsuit. He's got a walking stick. Fanny pack and the purple velvet sweatsuit. That's it. He's a blonde dude and pretty skinny. He comes up to us and he tells us he's German and having a great time. We could not get over the purple velvet suit. It was like a real pimped sweatsuit. The ranger is immediately suspicious. Wants to know where's he staying and where he came from. It was around 9 o'clock in the morning and the only way he could have gotten where he came from was to hike for hours. The German guys is a goofy frick and just points off toward the other mountain when asked where he's staying going. We all think it's funny, but also question how the guy is getting along with no water and no food. The sun is intense above 5000 feet even if it's only 75 degrees. The German guy refuses water or any other help and just crosses the road goes off into the woods. The ranger told us he can't really keep the guy from doing that since he seemed okay. He said he'd check a few campsites in that direction later to see if he made it. We get to Snow Lake and commence drinking like fish in order to better catch fish. That evening the ranger pops by to tell us that nobody at any other camp had seen the dude. He radioed around and no other rangers had abandoned camps or missing campers and they surely hadn't seen a German dude in purple pimp sweatsuit. That ranger rolled off duty the next day and his replacement came by to make sure the other ranger was smoking something we gave him. We assured him it all happened. Never heard another word about the German in the purple pimp sweatsuit, but makes for a good story. My favorite part is he tells us he's German and having a great time. Not a ranger but my uncle was. He always told the story of when he worked in Montana he was a solid 5-10 miles away from town so pretty much balls deep in the woods. He recalled pulling his ATV on top of a semi-big hill that overlooked a valley. In between all the trees there was this clearing he could see through his binoculars. Through them he saw an older lady, 60 plus ish, in black surrounded by a 6-8 wolves. Now, he is a lengthy distance from the woman but he starts yelling and honking and all that and takes off down the hill as fast as he could but when he reached the clearing there was no one there. No wolves, no woman, only a silver ring with a black stone in the middle. He still has it to this day. Based on what I've seen in the past, and, well actually to this day, don't pick crap up from mystical frickin' people and take it home. That's exactly how you end up being spooned in bed at night when you're the only one home. Or something similar. I have so many of these, but I'll share my favorite. I have been a ranger in the USFS for almost 15 years, but this takes place about 3 years after I joined. We were getting calls about a lone wolf with a collar on hanging around campsites. Weird, since wolves aren't known to be in the area. But when you work in the field long enough you start to realize anything is possible. No calls had mentioned violent behavior from the animal. Thank god. I departed from the station around noon to check out the places that it had been sighted. Wandered around for about 3 hours, no further calls during that time. Until I took a break for water. Sat down. Had a snack. Drank some water and was getting ready to go again when the thing was about 20 feet out, trotting near the tree line. It seemed friendly and had the collar, so I whistled to it and he came over to me. Getting a closer look, I could see it wasn't a wolf. It was huge, but it was dark and didn't have the right body structure, though I could see why it'd be confusing from a distance. I radioed in and reported that I had the dog with me, but as soon as I said I'd bring it in, the dog freaking took off, like he was playing to see how far he could get me to chase him. 
Typical dog behavior, I went after it, and I swear it was a game of chase for at least 5 minutes as we steadily ran through the forest. Please don't go running through woods unless you know the area like the back of your hand. The dog finally slowed down near a rock bed creek area, and started pacing around the spot. I drew closer and didn't see anything off at first. Then I noticed it, the overgrowth had almost disguised what appeared to be bones. I called it in immediately, and another team was sent to recover the remains. When I went to retrieve the dog, he was just gone. But, honestly, it wasn't a priority at that point. He was friendly enough, and I figured we'd catch up with him later. The bones were identified as a teenage male's, died by a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. He'd been reported missing in the area long before I became a ranger, and there'd been pretty much no hope of finding him. I spoke to his mom on the phone, she called to thank me personally, and she asked how I'd found her son. I mentioned the black dog, then thought I'd said something wrong since there was a pause on her side of the line. After I gave a couple details about the dog, she quietly explained that her son, who struggled with making connections, had sunken into a deep depression after the death of his best friend, the very dog that had led me to him. I think I spent the rest of the day stunned. I continue to be in disbelief, in a way, but I know what happened. Also, throw away account because my main would give away who the individual in this post is and where it took place. The family still grieves for their son. Like most, not a ranger but, back in the early 90s my brothers and I were staying with my cousin and her husband, who I'll call Scott, who was a DNR officer. This was opening day of deer bow season in northern Michigan. While I was at least a mile from any road or trail I stumbled across an area that looked like people had been camping recently. They'd even built this weird outdoor kitchen. Being a naive 16-17 year old the kitchen confused me but I figured they had left because hunting season had started so I just continued on my way. That night I was telling everyone about it when Scott gets serious and asks me about what it looked like and where it was. After I told him he warned me not to go back there and to be glad no one was there. Apparently some locals had multiple locations like that where they would cook and so they wouldn't blow up their houses and to make it harder to get caught. I guess Scott reported it to the cops and they raided it a couple days later. I must have missed it, but the guys had set up multiple trail cams, which were dang expensive at that time, all around the area. Based on the pics on them, I missed the guys by a few hours. They were heavily armed while I only had a bow and a knife. On the surface it seems like a well thought out plan from some smart people, but they weren't very smart after all. Scott filled us in later on some details. Apparently they didn't clear the images off the cameras before leaving. The images, though too low of a resolution to recognize their faces, showed them not only cooking the M, but also carrying illegal guns and riding off on customized four-wheelers known to everyone in the area. They ended up getting 20 years in prison. Thank god you were okay. Wowza what a close call. Not a ranger, but here's a good woods story. It's late spring. Heavy rain had flooded the dike and public hunting ground so I get the idea to go fishing in the shallows with my buddy. We have a good time, didn't catch anything and it's getting dark, so we light a fire to dry off before heading back. As the sunlight is swallowed up we hear something I can only describe as a blood curdling scream coming from the distance. A little girl almost, frogs, we thought, and kept talking, twigs snap if, then again, bit much closer, we heard it. 
could have been as close as 30 feet of the tree line. We hightail it out of there and laugh it off once we get home. Fast forward 6 years, I'm on lunch break and I'm telling this story to my lid, and he pulls up a video on YouTube and lets me listen. The same scream. He gives me the phone and I see a mountain lion. They make that noise as a final warning. Or when they are in heat. So either you got told off, or propositioned. I made a post on a let's not meet when I first got on reddit about some odd experiences that happened when a friend and I were out camping. There were belongings from someone else at our campsite on my land. We saw someone walking around in our field, and when we went to bed we heard someone walking around our fire and putting wood in, like they were trying to keep warm. I racked my shotgun I had with me and told them they better frick off. They ran off. Over the course of a few weeks, we had stuff go missing and a chainsaw we had locked up in our tractor we were using stolen. Since then, nothing else has happened, thankfully. But I do have some other weird stories about crap in the woods. Weird stuff out there, folks. But I do have some other weird stories about crap in the woods. Weird stuff out there, folks. You can't say that and not give us the stories man. Not me but my dad who was a ranger. He said once he was out in the forest with one other ranger, they had to camp overnight halfway to their destination. Well that night they heard footsteps and a lot of them outside their tent. Then they heard at least 20 people scream get out needless to say they got the frick out and radioed it in. The next morning the cops went out and searched and found four skinned animals pinned to the treats around their campsite. My mom worked for the forest in the last 70s. She worked the radio I think. She said he heard her friend die in a forest fire over the radio. It isn't super strange but it would be one of the worst things I can think happening to someone. My mom worked for the forest. Your mom is the Lorax. Confirmed. Small chance I'm the cause of one ranger's story from about a decade or so ago. Was hunting public land with my dad. Several miles from anything close to a trail. So the day goes by and not much is going on. Weather is crappy and I'm not hearing distant gunshots, so I reckon the deer aren't moving much. I radioed to the old man that I'm gonna head back, and we make plans to rendezvous where we had split up that morning. 20 or so minutes later, I was kneeling around the edge of a pond, stripping off all my bulky camo layers. I was just freaking around, putting stuff in my bag while I listened to my earphones. I can't remember if I had taken my blaze orange hat off or not to remove my pullover, but I had all the appropriate gear to denote myself as a hunter in my possession. As I was digging through my bag I thought I heard that faint bass of someone yelling, so I took a near but out and noticed that crouched on the opposite edge of the pond, there was a lone forest ranger kinda just watching me. I stood up, but it didn't wave, and I wasn't sure he had even yelled to me in the first place so I didn't holler anything to him. We just kinda locked eyes for what felt like a few minutes. To be clear, we weren't doing anything illegal, my rifle was unloaded by that point, though slung over my shoulder, obscuring the fact the action was open, and were following all laws and regulations. I hunched back over to my bag, pulled out my walkie and radio to my dad we've got company. My motives weren't nefarious, I just didn't want my dad to come bumbling down the hill and be surprised by a friendly law enforcement officer. When I looked back up, my rib 15 second later, that ranger was gone. I mean flat the frick out gone. So eventually I meet back up with my dad and start to tell him about what happened. Yeah, as deep back in here as we are. He probably thought we were up to no good, and hit the trail when he saw you on a radio. 
they get ambushed like that. As someone who gets nervous, anxious around cops, it never occurred to me that I could be causing similar anxiety in them. If you're reading this DNR bruh, I'd like to offer you a heartfelt my bad and keep up the good work. This would get buried but thank you all for sharing your experiences, as well as experiences of your friends and family. I'll have a great time reading through all of them, so thank you. I was in dire need of some good stories. This is gonna get buried as I'm late to the party, but I worked for a few months as a park ranger with the Florida Forest Service at my local state forest. The creepiest thing I saw was a poor young man who hung himself on my second week on the job. The unexplainable, though, are obviously not as cut and dry. We'd have children's clothes neatly folded and left on the trails, pairs of shoes in the middle of our dense burn blocks, and just a general sense of eeriness. My first few weeks on the job I was easily spooked but after I got into my groove of spending hours alone in the woods, it took a lot to shake me. When the forest goes silent, pack up and move along. When the forest goes silent, Pack up and move along is probably the best camping advice I've heard. There was a story on here a while ago that gave me the heebie-jeebies. A guy went up to his dad's cabin after he passed away and he kept hearing what sounded like footsteps on the roof. He passed it off as an animal but one night he went out to the balcony to smoke and seen what looked like a man sitting in a tree holding the branch above him just staring at him. He was too far away to get a good look at the man thing though. My grandpa had a hunting buddy in the 70s who was basically a hermit in the woods of the Pacific Northwest. He was staying with him in his cabin deep in the Cascade Mountains during a hunting trip. No running water, no electricity. Miles away from the nearest town or paved road, his cabin was built on stilts and on an incline. It had a 10-foot balcony from the base of the bottom of the stilts with no stairs or ladder to climb up on. My grandpa claims that he knew this man for a long time and said that he didn't have the personality to lie. I've also known my grandpa to never be one for bulls. One night, during the trip, they were relaxing at the cabin after a hunt and his buddy tells him that Sasquatch is in the area and to be careful going out at night. Thinking he was pulling his leg, my grandpa chuckled and didn't think much about it. His friend then put on a very serious face and grabbed a few pieces of fruit, bread, and jerky and placed them in a bowl. He took the bowl out onto the balcony and set it on the edge and said it'll be empty in the morning, and then went to bed. It was an open floor single room cabin, about 300 square featuring. My grandpa had a cot set up near the balcony window and was woken up in the middle of the night by rustling outside. He peeked through the window and saw the bowl, empty, and to this day still claims he saw four fingers resting on the edge of the balcony just before letting go. He never went hunting in that area again. When I was a kid in the Colorado Rockies, I was taking my horse and the whole band of dogs we had, two labs, an Aussie and a Dachshund, to our pond by my grandparents place. I decided it was a great idea to venture the back way through the thicker part of the pine forest. I knew the way and so did the animals, horse included, about 5 minutes from the house. I was oblivious to the world and didn't notice that the dogs were no longer with me. When I finally decided to come back to the real world and noticed the missing dogs, I turned back since you don't go anywhere without them they were basically my guardians and supervisors up there. I get about halfway back to the house, come up a small gully heavily filled with pines and there is this huge tom, cougar, just staring at me, right in the path. 
I'm 8 at the time, a little guy and a tasty morsel for this animal. Luckily, I had the horse, who upon seeing the animal immediately bolted directly back to the pasture. The cat seemed to run after us, didn't really watch. We roll up into the drive, head towards the pasture and I agree that this ends my adventures for the day. After I put the horse up, the dogs find me again and we are walking back to the house when they get real jumpy and timid. I stop and begin to look around. There is a large and old pine splitting the distance between the pasture and the house and on the lowest branch. I see that dang tom again. Luckily, the presence of the dogs deterred any action. But I made it a point to pass far away from the tree. And as calmly as I can I tell my grandpa what happened. He goes outside. Rifle in hand and never found the bastard. To this day, I never venture out without a dog or a weapon. Just in case. I've had some weird stuff happen but I'm probably the cause of a lot more unexplained sightings. I used to spend a lot of time in the forest near my neighborhood. It's a small strip of trees that's biggest inhabitant is a fox. I got into vulture culture taxidermy about a year ago. I've always been a fan of zoology and being able to look at animals in a different way is incredibly interesting. When I was getting into it the fox in the forest had just had kits and was hunting over time to feed them. I started kind of an exchange where I'd pick up bones and such from around the den and if I found fresh corpses elsewhere I'd leave the meat around the den instead of wasting it. Unfortunately this garnered me the reputation of outcast horrible dead animal lady from most of the kids who liked to play in the forest and noticed me carrying bags of rotting animal parts around. As far as I'm aware none of them actually knew anything about me aside from the rotting meat and the time I accidentally busted through with a bunch of live snakes. So that should pretty well cement their opinion on me. So eventually you bonded with a fox and lived that sweet druid lifestyle right? Late to the party, but a fun story. I live in an urban area, but grew up in the woods. I caught an uber to a local land preserve for a hike. Had a good 20 meters chat with my driver en route. He was swearing up and down that he saw a flying dinosaur in this park. Amused, I press him for details. He tells me that he was walking there and sees a huge black shape fly up into a tree. It wasn't some hawk or crow. It was a freaking dinosaur. I laugh and inform him that he had stumbled across the rare dino turkey. He goes quiet for a moment before busting out goddamnit. My buddies are never gonna let me live this down. It totally was a turkey. I didn't know those moffas could fly. A few years ago I was working as a paraprofessional for an elementary school. One day at recess a few kids come screaming down from the soccer field that there was a monster after them. Just then a huge turkey flew overhead and landed in the parking lot. The kids screamed about the monster. I was just started laughing. If you are new to the channel, you can subscribe. I publish new videos every day. Until then, check another video.